This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life. Because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Sarah Klassen. How's it going? Hi, how's it going? It's good here. (laughs) So uh, we're doing this uh, remotely. I'm assuming you're in Fort Wayne right now. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so, yeah, Fort Fun. Mm -hmm. Well, Fort Lame is also another word they use sometimes, but... (laughs) Yeah, I was being facetious. <laughs> Fort fun. Right. So we've known each other for a few years now. I, I think we first met on my sister's wedding day. Probably, uh, yeah. You were a bridesmaid mm-hmm. um, for Kendall. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when we first met. Yeah, um, I think that's and, right. And since then, uh, we've gotten to know each other because times that I visited, Kendall and Josh seem to have all their friends over at their place constantly <laughs> consistently yeah and so that's how i've gotten to meet you and and get to to know you josh and kendall are great social networkers oh my sure. goodness totally their house is just like constantly an open house i feel like <laughs> right yeah it says a lot about them too so yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah their heart is definitely to be hosting people awesome. yeah yeah absolutely so you have an interesting kind of story of how, uh, where you grew up and where you lived and uh, connects a lot with your taste in music. You didn't really grow up here in America. You grew up overseas, different places like Europe and Central Asia. Talk about uh, what that experience was like. Yeah. So for most of my childhood, I lived in Central Asia and I was introduced to, I mean, since we're talking about music, introduced to like all kinds of music, like a lot of like Russian techno was like a huge thing when I was little mixed with like Middle Eastern music mixed with like almost like Tibetan sounding music. I don't know how to explain that all, but yeah. So living overseas introduced me to like a thousand different things when I'm three years old. So to me, it was just normal. I don't know. I love living overseas most of the time, sometimes as a kid, that was like really difficult to be moving all the time and be so transient. But now as an adult, I look back and I'm like, that is probably my dream life as an adult. Like I want to keep traveling like that and doing that kind of stuff. Really thankful for it as, as painful as it is sometimes to like say goodbye to people constantly or, you know, have to change where home is a lot. But yeah, so living overseas just opened my eyes up as a really young kid to like the fact that there's so many different ways of life than just U.S. Midwestern life. And there's nothing wrong with Midwestern life. But yeah, so then I moved to the U.S. when I was 11 years old. And then I've been in the U.S. most of my adulthood, but I've also traveled around quite a bit since then. So yeah, that was my childhood. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm curious if if it was a challenge as a kid because you would come back to the States and visit was that why it was a challenge as a kid to be living overseas? Yeah, I would say it like mostly the social aspects of it. So you're flipping in between being like, it's strange I'm to think about it this way, but like I was a minority most of my childhood. Yeah. Like 
even though I was a privileged minority, I was still a minority. So like you still have this weird spotlight on you all the time that like you do anything wrong and like everybody knows about it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's watching you. And then being a missionary kid, so like whenever I came home, it was like in people at the church would like extra spotlight on me. So like no matter what I did, it was like either it was wrong or right, but I couldn't be like just a neutral kid, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that that was difficult, but also feel like, I was of that culture inside, but I didn't look like it. And then mm-hmm. when I came to America, I was still of that culture, but I looked like I should have, you know, been getting all these social norms in America. And I mean, people don't change that much between like country to country. We're all pretty much core, very, very similar. And that's something I learned as well as a kid, but it was just a very strange like flipping back and forth as a kid, like learning how to always blend into where you need to blend in and become whatever you need to be in that scene like it's taught me how to read a room really well but um yeah it was it was difficult and also amazing now as an adult looking back on it but yeah that's cool yeah so thankful for it overall yeah yeah growing up as a kid your dad was a pretty huge influence with how you started appreciating music talk about what was it that what type of music and why was that something that you connected with as well with your dad? My dad really loves classical music and instruments and just the fullness of live music. Like when you are in a music hall and just the echoing, it's just so euphoric and he just really, really loves seeing live music. And so does my mom, but my dad was always a huge classical fan. So he got me into like Beethoven and, I mean, that's the most classic of them all, but I just remember listening to Beethoven as a little kid and being like, oh my gosh, this man has so much emotion in all this. And then like learning about his life and stuff. And so my dad really got me into like loving the intensity of music and the flow of it. And so, yeah, when we were little, we used to go to the ballet and they'd have a live orchestra there. And I just remember listening to all those instruments and it being like a dance of its own. And I felt like that's when I started to see music as like this dance between instruments. And then you're also seeing the dancers and the ballerinas and stuff. But it was just, I remember from a very young age realizing how incredible and how much work goes into instruments. So he he got both me and my sister into piano lessons and violin lessons and things like that from when we were really young because he was he saw that as like almost like an injustice to us if we didn't even try instruments or learn music theory or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still not amazing at music theory, but he really got us into appreciating instruments and appreciating how much work goes into like being a musician. What instrument did you play? The recorder. (laughs) No, I actually did have to learn the recorder, but that was the worst. (laughs) Um, He had us play piano and guitar. Well, I play guitar now. My sister doesn't, but when I got into middle school, they were like, yeah, you should go for guitar, but piano. And they tried to have us learn violin and that, that didn't go as well. <laughs> the violin didn't? Yeah, not as well. <laughs> I still play piano and I, I love piano, but yeah, the violin was a lot of screeching noises and I just kind of was over it. I don't know. <laughs> After third grade, I was done. <laughs> Is there something in the, the playing instruments for you that you still appreciate today? Oh yeah, yeah. From that time as a kid. Yeah, I I remember playing piano when I was younger and really honestly hated the fact that I was forced to play it all the time. I was forced to play for 30 minutes every day. 
And I was like, no, this is the worst part of the day. I don't know why <laughs> that was the worst part of my day. But I then grew to like really enjoy now that I know the basics, I can like play around a little bit more. And then now, I don't know, I think probably from high school on, I saw it more as like a therapy almost. Like when I know that there's like creative energy inside of me, that's just really feeling just suppressed. I feel like, I don't know, stagnant. I, if I go play an instrument for a little while, like I always feel that release, like just this breathing easy again feeling. Yeah. And I think piano is probably my favorite instrument to go like just do therapy with myself and even like singing out like whatever's going on inside like creating some sort of poetry out of it obviously that's like songwriting but more just like for no one else to hear but for me to just express it so yeah piano playing definitely became like a therapy more than anything you also as you're uh, outside of america you are getting into jazz uh, as a young kid how does that happen? <laughs> so Kenny G's Christmas album became like the anthem of Christmas for me. <laughs> it was like my whole family was so sick of Kenny G by the end of Christmas season because I would just nonstop be playing it around the house. And I just, I loved jazz. It was so smooth. And so like, again, so much emotion, but it also like always made me feel like I was like in New York City or like in this big city. I don't know. It made me feel like I was living this like fun life. I don't know. Yeah, I got into jazz. My dad again was the one who found Kenny G through a friend and then brought it home and then I was addicted to it. And then from Kenny G on, <laughs> I really started to enjoy like really any other jazz, even like, okay, Everybody makes fun of me for this, but I even like elevator music. <laughs> like, wow. I'll just sometimes play elevator music. I know it's weird. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's something about jazz that makes me feel like I'm in a big city and I'm living like an adventure or so. I don't know. But yeah. So now, now during my traveling, so last, what summer was that? I don't know. A couple summers ago, I lived in Brazil for three months and so there I got into Bossa Nova, which is like brazilian jazz and it's right. like very you know i don't know um how to exactly explain the history of it but it's just very it's you can you know like that bossa nova is like such a distinct flavor of jazz and so yeah i really started getting into that and like loving loving the feel of it is just like nothing can go wrong when bossa nova is playing you know <laughs> it's like yeah. all is well you know and i think that also reflects a lot of brazilian culture of like they're a very in the moment culture where it's like if you have you know if you have a party in front of you party now because you don't know what will happen tomorrow and I think it comes a lot from like their turbulent government and things like that but a lot of Brazilians when I talk to them about like different music and things like that they're like it really reflects our spirit of like let's just have fun now since we have it here you know and so I feel like whenever I listen to Bossa Nova it's like a little party you know nothing can go wrong so yeah do you think there's a connection with the the bossa nova from a few years ago to uh the jazz um yeah probably i mean just because it's like such a happy connection for me between you know christmas time and like jazz now it's just yeah it's, it just brings back warm memories and you know just feeling like oh your family everybody you love is around you kind of feeling that jazz gives me i guess yeah so maybe I have never made that connection before. That that definitely could be. Was there any other, so you mentioned Kenny G and, and Smooth. Has there been any other 
jazz artists that you have really appreciated over the years? Louis Armstrong. I was just listening to him this morning. Oh, <laughs> he's yeah? also another person that's just like, he's my springtime playlist person. Ooh, I don't yeah. know. It's, if you have like a per seasons, you have like certain artists I do that I like have to listen to every season or it doesn't feel like it's that, I, that season. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but yeah, Louis Armstrong is definitely one of those people that, I don't know, there's just something about it that just feels like it's summertime or springtime and like, I, don't, I just love it. Specifically with Bossa Nova, I haven't like necessarily found exactly like specific artists that I like really love from it, but there's, I mean, there's so many of them though. There's like Stan Getz. There's also, I mean, Sio George, I don't know how to say his name exactly. That's my attempt at sounding Portuguese. He's a Brazilian musical artist. He actually did the whole playlist for um, Life Aquatic. Oh. But he, yeah, so he, he's actually in the movie. He's playing guitar, like, in one of the scenes, so you'd, you'd like, know it was him. Mm-hmm. But um, I really love his music. He has a few of them that, it's all in Portuguese mostly, but he is a lot of Bossa Nova vibes. Like, that's that's his feel. So it's he's a really fun one to listen to. Well, Ella Fitzgerald, of course. <laughs> She's a queen. Miles Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's been more my jazz journey. That's becoming that's a newer thing for me and I'm really enjoying it, but nice. finding new artists. Yeah. One last thing. You you mentioned some of the the different styles of music that you were listening to when you were in Central Asia, like uh, Russian techno. There's a bunch of other different styles. What was there anything that you enjoyed and or was it just something that was there because you were living there? Oh, I really grew to enjoy a lot of it. Yeah, like Russian techno would be playing all over the place. Like before it really was a thing in the US. Like I feel like EDM and all that kind of stuff has really like hit huge in the last like I don't know, ten years, maybe less yeah. than that. Like when I was little, it was like everywhere you'd have like have a background of like EDM and everything that was hip hop. So I feel like that was from from a really young age that I loved. I began to really like techno music and stuff like that. But there a lot more of the traditional music for Central Asia is a lot more almost it's like very hard to describe besides saying like it's almost kind of whiny if that makes sense. Like it's got a lot of almost like sorrowful sounds. Mm. um and a lot of like but yeah if you ever listen to like arabic music it's a very it's very drawn out a lot of times like the the very traditional cultural music is a lot of times sounding very sorrowful and a lot of times i think that comes from this place of oppression much of central asia was oppressed by the soviet union and then and then even then there's still so many tones of control over them like yeah. Even though many of those countries are free now and they're technically their own government, but they're still very... There's still like a sphere of uh, influence by Yeah, there's still like this sorrowful, like our culture was taken from us. And in many, many ways, their culture was taken from them. And, you know, they were told not to speak their language anymore. If they did in the streets, they'd be arrested. Things like that, where you're like so suppressed the culture. So like now that they're allowed to express it, it's like, it's beautiful but much of the music can be kind of sounding very, like, very sad. <laughs> but also, there's a beautiful, like, wedding procession kind of music. When I think about, like, the celebratory side of the culture, there's, like, trumpets and tambourines and just all sorts of, like, 
very loud music. So like also in when it's celebration, they do it hardcore, <laughs> you know, like it's a big yeah. party. I grew up with weddings that you could hear from the neighborhood over. <laughs> so like basically if you can hear the wedding, you're basically invited. So, you know, you'd show up and these bands would just be blaring music until like three in the morning. And yeah, so it's, it, it also is a very celebratory culture as well. But yeah, so the the cultural music is a lot harder to describe, but I think it definitely opened me up to like, this is also music, even if you don't like it particularly this is music like appreciate it and then yeah i i really for the most part enjoyed the music though of central asia you moved back to america as a 11 years old Mm -hmm. at that time and you are then opened up to what's going (laughs) on uh within uh our culture here so r&b hip-hop yeah yeah hip-hop and r&b <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i really loved r&b before that i remember like in like second grade when we had come to visit the states uh so one of our friends had taken us to this christian bookstore and they're like pick out whatever album you want and i was like i want rap because i just like i i was like i don't i just love rap <laughs> so i got myself the grits album the like is it art of Art of Translation? It's the one that has the ooh. Uh, <laughs> That's what it was. They were like sitting on a, like a restaurant booth. Yes. Yes, yeah. that one. Which is so funny because now that song is blowing up on TikTok. And it's like so old to me. Like that is like childhood yeah. to me. It's just funny right. that that song is such a big hit right now. But yeah, so then uh, my sister and I both like got into like Eminem and 50 Cent, like all that good stuff. And that was when we were still um, overseas, actually, that we had like heard it because overseas, they were also obsessed with American music. Like they wanted to be able to like sing in English. So they like bring songs, like my friends would bring songs to me and be like, like, can you teach me how to like say all this, you know? (laughs) Um, So like we got introduced to Eminem and all of them then. Uh, yeah, that kind of started my like love for R&B, and yeah, I still have a lot of those songs that I like are so fond, warm in my heart. Which is really weird because like as a fourth grader, just like loving Fifty Cent, I did think I was gonna marry him, but you know things have changed since then. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where it started, and then around like eighth grade or so, uh, my sister's best friend like was amazing at finding music and this was before like spotify or apple music really i mean there was apple music but it was like you had to know the artist to go find them you know Mm -hmm. so yeah this was like pretty much cd era which is funny to think of as really old and so she like introduced us to a bunch of music because she would find it on these websites and she'd search for hours and so she really got us into a lot of like more folk indie type music and yeah, that was that was um, another expansion of my musical world. <laughs> what I mean, obviously, it's what's popular. You're at a young age, so there can be some influence of of culture in that. But you you seem to me to be still appreciative of R and B and hip hop even today, to where it it's not like. A, this thing of where you were influenced by culture, but it was a genuine, authentic, you really enjoy that music. What do you think that's coming from or how that was to be for you? Honestly, I have no idea because I I don't know where I started liking it because 
I wasn't around it at all as a kid. Like, neither of my parents really listened to R&B ever. Mm-hmm. My mom, like, enjoys, like, hip-hop and stuff, but, like, she really didn't introduce me to a lot of music, so I really, I don't know where I started liking hip-hop and um, R&B and stuff. I just, like, was drawn to it. I think the beats, like, again, it's like a party, you know, a lot of times, and it's just, I don't really remember it, because I remember uh, Mary Mary. I don't know if you know the song Shackles. Do you know that? It's like, Shackles no, off my feet, so I can do. Okay, uh-huh. that song I played like nightly and I'd make my family like sit down for me to do a choreographed dance to it <laughs> and they're like my, I remember my mom looking at me like how did you even get into this like I didn't introduce you to this like where is this coming from and I was like I don't know I just love it like I don't know it just is so I it's because it's just good music I don't know yeah I think also it's part of me like connecting to American culture as well like I think that was part of me feeling like I want to connect to what I feel like is is like my culture as well you know and not just not just overseas um culture you know not just central asia but yeah so Mm. i think maybe that maybe is where it started you get introduced to another genre of personal appeal to me uh, and that's alternative you were introduced to florence and the machine Mm -hmm. mumford and sons vampire weekend to name a few how did that come about uh florence Let's just start with that goddess of music. Um, (laughs) I adore her. Same friend who introduced us to like indie music. My sister and I, when I say us, I don't remember why she she was picking me up one day from my house and she's like, I just got this album. I haven't really listened to it yet, but like she, I've listened to a few things and I feel like you'd really like her. So she played it and it was Florence and the Machine. And I just remember sitting in that car, like having my mind blown. I was like, oh this is amazing. I love this. It was her lungs album. Yeah. And yeah, I think I was in eighth grade. And from then on, I was like, I've just been in a love affair with her because I was just so amazed by how beautifully she put things together. It's so euphoric. It's poetically genius. I think she is so genius the way that she like takes a simple concept and like makes it into different words that in my mind, it approaches it in a different way. Like it's just a new concept to me almost like when she talks about something as simple as like dog days is probably her most famous song. Um, but just how she draws a picture, I feel like with her words blew my mind and I just fell in love with her. Yeah. And then I think in high school more like Mumford and Sons became really huge. And my sister and I used to like sit in the car after school and, and like listen to them. And I remember both of us being like, every time I listen to this, something new occurs to me. Like, some some, like either a new instrument pops out to me or like a lyric that I haven't really heard before but I think it's really cool and so that band also was like kind of the introduction for me of of finding new music that really spoke to me and not just what was on the radio and happened to be accessible you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I think Mumford and Sons kind of started that then I think that's when I started going to library and just picking up random albums um and then I would just listen to a ton of them over the week and you know find artists that I started to like and yeah start to form my own my own musical library yeah I was gonna uh ask about Florence because I think she's amazing I think she's so underrated there's so many different things I've I've actually seen her live it was it was pretty cool uh have you seen her live Mm -hmm. what was that like I mean 
you've experienced it. So, you know, it's like euphoric. <laughs> yeah, like it was just, it was awesome. I mean, the crowd, like the people within the crowd were half of it because like everybody there just adored her also, you know? So it was like, you just are in this crowd of people who are dancing around. And my friend and I were dancing around in like the like halls, I guess, of like the, it was outdoors, but we were just dancing around in the grass, running around, just like singing at the top of our lungs. And it was amazing. She sounded just as good live as she does on her albums. Oh, wow. But then also would like, in between songs, you know, say something that was like on her mind or her heart or whatever. And it just felt like this was a friend of mine. You know what I mean? And <laughs> for as famous as she is, I totally think she's underrated too. Like, I, I don't know. There's something very... I don't know how to even word it, but like she's so unique and like she's like a mixture of like Celtic and yeah, I I don't like a full orchestra being involved in her music and her voice, like her vocal range alone, like all of that combined is just so stunning. I don't know how I'll say it. And then even like the display she had, it just seems like she's like an artist that like her whole entire heart and imagination is involved in whatever she's making. And it's just, yeah. What about you? How was it when you saw her live? Well, she opened for you too. So it was, uh, it was, it was great to experience that. Although even it was just as a support act, it was off the lungs album. So it was not including the last three albums that she's put out since. So it was a limited set list, but no, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. The diversity of the instrumentalization as well, I think is really cool about her. But I think you really hit it on the nail with her vocal range. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I've heard it described from someone else that it's like, she deserves to be on Broadway or like mm-hmm. in a, a part of an opera kind of a setting not not as a, a music artist through pop hmm. music, right? Feels like it's beneath her <laughs> to be doing this because it's hmm. it's such a absolutely gorgeous voice. And part of it too is that she's recording multiple different voices, you know, in her song. It's not mm-hmm. just one take. There's other different harmonies and, and vocals that are within uh, the main vocal that she's providing. So she's got like, you know, her backing vocals as well. Uh, that really just makes it even more eccentric, I would say. Yeah. It's such a full sound. That's the thing that I think yeah. I enjoy the most about her and I enjoy so much about Mumford and Sons and many other bands, but like but they are few and far between where you find them they're like so full and like Wonderland esque. She yeah. I think of as like very Wonderland feel. How big, how blue, how beautiful. Yeah. She made like a whole movie along with it. Have you seen that? No, I didn't even notice she did that. Yeah. So she she took like the songs and it's like a whole movie. Like there's there's I don't think there's any dialogue in it at all. It just kind of follows her around. And it's like this different settings where like it's like a musical. So I yeah. feel like what you were saying about her being on Broadway kind of kind of um connects to that with like her using her music and making a whole story out of it. And it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, I think it's on YouTube, but I have to look up what it's yeah, named I'll again. Have to check it out. Yeah. It's really That's cool. my favorite album. How big, how blue, how beautiful mm. of hers. I think it's 
there's so many great tracks on there. St. Jude, the Queen of Peace. So, yeah, I really love Queen of Peace and Delilah. Oh man, just the yeah. whole album. I could go on and on about her. I also love her new album with The Hunger and Big God and yeah. Sky of Full of Songs. Like those those three songs, I've just like repeat constantly in my mind. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's so fun. She's she's a cool artist. Who's who's like your top favorite artist to go see live? You too. <laughs> okay, so that that concert was incredible. <laughs> It was the uh, first time I saw you too as well. I've seen him 10 times. So oh, wow. yeah, that was, that was number one. And that was a really good, just overall show. That's commitment. <laughs> you yeah. really love you too. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I do. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. What other alternative artists, indie artists have you uh, gotten into uh, through when you were going to the library or now in the day of uh, the day and age of Spotify. Mm, yes. The glorious age of Spotify. Recently, I've really gotten into like John Lucas. He has a song called time and it is, I've cried listening to that song. I think, you know, probably every other time I've listened to it, I've cried because it's just beautiful. It's all about like the seasons of life. Again, sings from like the, his spirit, you know, it's like so full. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me of um, Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah, there's a time for for everything. Yeah, and I think that's what the song is based off of. And it's just one of those songs that really any season of life it could be it can speak to you. Lyrics are so well thought through, and it's just amazing. I love that. But you already mentioned sleeping at last. Love sleeping Ooh. at last. Yes. Oh man. To even start on like the whole Enneagram album, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't start. <laughs> just so cool. Like, just he he also is one of those incredibly underappreciated artists in my mind. Well, so t- two things. Number one, what's your, what's your number? Uh, I'm a seven. <laughs> okay. Same as Josh. Josh yeah. and I really vibe. <laughs> no, I I get it. What are you? I'm a nine. Ah, okay. Peacemaker. Nope. That's cool. Yeah. I totally agree about him being underrated. I, I think he is writing lyrically is outstanding. He, he is, yeah. I think, by far one of the best writers when it comes to music ever yes. that I've come across. And so full, too. He's, oh, my you know, The instruments, the creativity, just... I remember I was looking into the seven song, and I... It has people in it like that are sevens making the noises in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like for every one of the songs that has the that number yep. like doing something. And I think it's just so thoughtful. Like his music is so thoughtful. Yeah. I think he yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he writes out the music. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. <laughs> and he has such connections with so many different people who then contribute the music to him. Uh, as well so mm-hmm. i mean a lot of it he can do on his own you know guitar and piano but then when it comes to like strings and other instruments i know he has had dozens and dozens of other artists contribute uh the music to his songs mm-hmm. which is yeah really cool that it's kind it of a, really cool. a collaborative experience yeah he seems like an amazing collaborator like he would yeah, he just seems to he he takes like 
concepts and puts it together well. And I feel like with people, he also does. I know he does music for a podcast that I listen to. It just, he just seems like a good friend. You know what I mean? Like just one of those people that just like a solid person, you know, never met him, but <laughs> I assume his art reflects him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And then um, a couple other artists that more recently I've gotten into John Mark um, Pantana. He also does like music that's worshipful. So it's like, I feel like my heart can connect to it. My spirit can connect to it, but it's also just really beautifully done. And Jess Ray is a really unique artist. I've recently started listening to as well. She does all of her instruments herself. She does a really wide range of music. So it goes from like country folk bluegrass to like, okay. To, I don't know how to even explain it. It's like kind of pop cult. Like, it's she does a really interesting range, but also like the way that she writes her verses and stuff like that is like sometimes not conventional. I don't know. I really I just enjoy her. Her name is Jess Ray again, but she she's also really thought through lyrically. And when I listen to her, sometimes I'm like, thank you. You worded something I couldn't, but I felt it. You know, I feel like that is when I feel like I found a good artist, and I'm like, you worded it. Thank you. <laughs> you know. I think you are speaking to something that everyone experiences that you're expressing how I feel when I have not Mm -hmm. had the words to come up with to express it. The songs or the lyrics that we connect to the most are the ones that we weren't able to put words to something that we couldn't. And and then you come across that song and boom, yeah, this is exactly how I feel mm-hmm. so sometimes cool. it can make you feel a little like exposed where you're like oh man that's mm, that's out yeah. there <laughs> yeah. you know some vulnerability yeah a little more known than you wanted to be <laughs> mm-hmm. but again right. that's how music I think is so therapeutic as well it's just another way for us to also connect to another person who has been able to verbalize it and make you not feel so crazy for feeling that or make you feel like you know you have somebody to mourn with or to rejoice with you know I I, that's I think probably why all of us are so addicted to music it's just yeah it really allows you to live like vicariously almost in some ways yeah yeah why is music so important why is it something that we enjoy as humans that's a big question I mean earlier talking about how it's almost a way for us to live a different life through the eyes of somebody else. So you kind of get to live vicariously through somebody else's poetry. And I think also the aspect of just music, even if it's not with any words, it just causes like, I think your imagination to wake up in your brain without, there's like just certain parts of your brain that wake up to music that other parts don't. To tell a little story behind that also, I, I used to work with people with dementia. Okay. And we had this one lady who was a choir director previously and she was like essentially incapable of doing anything anymore. She was in a wheelchair. She was, she wouldn't talk. She couldn't really see and she wouldn't hear you or recognize you, whatever. Everything was just shut off almost inside of her. And it was really sad. And just like how, you know, there's gotta be something, you know, to wake her up in some way. So we're sitting at a chapel service once with her and she just starts like directing the choir out of nowhere. She's like, she lifts up her hands and she starts directing the choir. And then she started to mouth the words. And I couldn't believe it because 
this woman doesn't talk. This woman, it was everything in her was yeah. like quiet at that time, you know? And then when music starts playing that she recognized and she just became this person out of nowhere that I had never seen before. And in that moment, it, it dawned on me like how incredibly powerful music is. And that was just really crazy to see because it, it does, it hits a different side of who you are than who you are expected to be almost like music can connect to places in you that like so many social norms have told you to not express or not to, you know, explain or words you can't explain with, you know, it's just obviously couldn't use those words very well, but I think music just really hits like actually where our, our souls, like it hits our imaginations and maybe who we want to be. Music brings so many of those things out of us, you know? So I think that's why music is so crucial and important in people's lives. Well, Sarah, thank you for doing this. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, we'll be able to see each other at Kendall and Josh's. Um, <laughs> here soon. So. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at at soundtrackpodcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.